All right, today we're going to talk about God's highway. That's the title of my message. And when we think of a highway, I often think of the interstate highways. They, they have seemingly been around forever, right, for most of us. But uh, actually, the interstate highway system began in 1956. Uh, President Eisenhower signed an act to, to uh, create interstate highways to provide speedy and safe travel across our whole country, and uh, the longest interstate, little trivia fact here, uh, is I-90. It runs from Seattle to Boston, and that is the longest interstate, over 3,000 miles. So what is the purpose of a highway? What's the purpose of an interstate? It's, it's designed to take a person from one place to their final destination in a safe and quick manner. And so the Bible has a lot to say about roads, about ways, about highways, about paths. And Jesus told us about two basic roads in life. And each person is either on one road or the other. You can't be on both roads at the same time. So let's look at Matthew chapter 7. The scripture is on the screen. There's also a white page in the middle of your program you can Follow the outline there on the back of some study questions if you want to dig in a little deeper. So Matthew 7, verse 13, Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And so Jesus has packed a lot of information into these two short verses, verses about life's highways. The first way or road has a wide gate or on-ramp. And since it's so big, it's, it's easy to find, and it's easy to get onto this first highway. And since the gate is so big and it's easy to get on, it's no wonder that so many people are on this highway. Not only is it easy to get onto this first highway, but the highway is easy. There are no bumps in the road. There are no extreme curves or steep inclines. It's just a smooth ride all the way. First glance, it sounds like a pretty good road. The only problem is the final destination, which is destruction. And so this first road is really a highway to hell. And the troubling fact is that most people don't realize what their destination is. They don't realize, the people on this road don't realize where they are heading. The second highway that's mentioned by Jesus has a narrow gate. And it's a small gate. It's, it's hard to find. It's not obvious since it's so small. And since this narrow gate is hard to find, only a few find it. And so the people on this narrow road are few compared to the many on the wide road. The second highway is not like the first. It's not an easy ride. It's difficult. It's hard. And yet the destination of the narrow road, the destination of this second highway is life. It's eternal life. 
And in case we might not figure out which road we're supposed to take, Jesus' first words are, enter by the narrow gate. Okay? If you can't figure out which one to go to, I'm going to tell you it's the road with the narrow gate. That's the one you need to choose. That's the one you need to find. Now, can you move from one road to another? And the Bible tells us the answer to that question is yes. A person can move from the wide road to the narrow road and from the narrow road to the wide road, but you can't be on both roads at the same time. And when your life ends at the end of the road, when you pass into eternity, the road that you are on at that time will determine your eternal destination. Either destruction in hell or life with God in heaven forever. And so these final destinations are permanent. You can, you can never move from one final destination to the other, according to the Bible, no matter what teaching you've heard. The final destinations are permanent. So in life's journey, we need God's guidance. We need his direction in order to find the right highway and to stay on it. And so today we're going to be looking at the prophet Isaiah's account of God's highway. What are the characteristics of God's highway, which is the narrow road that Jesus was speaking of? How can we find, how can we travel on God's highway? God has prepared a highway for us, and Jesus told us which one of that is. It's the narrow road. He wants us to find it. He wants us to follow it. And so we must follow the way of holiness. And so the highway that God has prepared for us as we look to the prophet Isaiah the one that we are to follow in life is characterized by holiness. And we'll talk in a few minutes what that means. In some ways, the world that we live in has some of the qualities of a desert, a land without God. But the desert places which God's highway goes through, he wants to transform. So the desert will be transformed by this highway that God has. Begin in Isaiah 35, it says, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and bloom like the blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. So in some ways, the desert also refers to this, this wide road that many follow. A desert has no water. A desert doesn't blossom with vegetation. A desert is often thought of a place of sadness, a place of Loneliness, a place of difficulty. And God's word here tells us through the prophet that the, God wants to transform the desert through his highway. And let's see what else happens in the desert. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So on this highway of holiness, those who are sick will be healed. And Jesus himself quoted these verses in Matthew chapter 11 to show that he indeed was the Messiah because he brought healing to people who needed it. Jesus came to transform the deserts of this world and the deserts in people's lives. He came to bring the water of his Holy Spirit to bring life, to bring refreshment to everyone who follows the way of holiness. The prophet then goes on to say that God wants to reveal this new highway. Verse 8, and a highway shall be there, where? In the desert, in the wilderness. And it shall be called the way of holiness. 
The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. And so God's highway is going to go through desert and wilderness regions. It's a highway or way of holiness. And holiness means that God's highway is only for those who are holy. What does it mean to be holy? It means to be righteous. It means to be in right relationship with God. It means to have your sins forgiven. And so the unclean, people whose sins aren't forgiven, the unbelievers cannot walk on this highway. Of course, where are they? They're on the wide road. They're on the other road. You're either on one road or the other. There's nobody in the middle. And so what is the destination of God's highway? Well, we already know it, but the prophet tells us in verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And so here we have another description of those who are on the way of holiness. They are the ransomed of the Lord. The Lord has purchased their freedom. They were once slaves to sin. They once had sins that were not forgiven, but now they are free to follow God. And their destination is Mount Zion, the place where God dwells. And in Zion, there is everlasting joy. It's a place where there is no sorrow, no sadness. It's a place of eternal life. And so God calls us to follow the way of holiness. So let's talk again about how do you get on this highway of holiness. Jesus said that he was the gate in John chapter 10, or sometimes some translations say he was the door, but we'll use the gate uh, because Jesus used that terminology in his description of the two roads. And so Jesus is the only way. He is the gate. There's not many gates. Jesus is the only way onto this narrow road. He's the only way to get onto God's highway. And how do you pass through the gate? How do you enter through Jesus? Well, you have to repent of your own sin. And the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. You have to believe in Jesus' forgiveness and commit your life to following him on God's highway. And when you get onto the highway that God has for you, then Jesus begins to transform the desert places in your life. He begins to bring joy into your life. He begins to lead you. And at the end of the message today, I'm going to give an opportunity for anyone here to make a decision to enter through that narrow gate by believing in Jesus Christ. Now, not only must we follow the way of holiness, we must follow that path into the future. Just because we begin to follow Jesus on God's highway doesn't mean that we've arrived at the destination. It's, it's a long road. You're on a journey, and that journey for each of us is going to last a lifetime. It's a journey in which we must stay on God's highway, even when the going gets tough, and it will. Some people fall off God's highway, and when you fall off, since you have to be on one highway or the other, you find yourself back on the wide road headed for destruction. So how can we stay on track on God's highway? Well, we mustn't focus on the past. Verse 16 of Isaiah 43, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. 
And so if we read the whole context of these verses, they're referring back to God's miracle of delivering Israel from the land of Egypt. Remember in their coming out of Egypt, they had to escape Pharaoh's army, and they did it by passing through the Red Sea. God parted the waters. They went across on dry land, and he destroyed Pharaoh's armies as the waves came back together. And so this was a great miracle. It showed God's power. And so why does the prophet tell us not to remember the former things or consider them? In case you think I'm contradicting last Sunday's message, if you remember it, we talked about last Sunday, there's a place and time to remember and to praise God for what he's done in the past. And that is certainly true. But we shouldn't focus on the past. We shouldn't be constantly thinking and talking about what I refer to sometimes as the glory days of the past. How good it was back then. How great it was for the Israelites when God did this wonderful miracle. Why shouldn't we focus on the past? Because the past is past. God wants us to look to the future. We should constantly be living not for the past, but for the future. Because God is doing a new thing. God always does new things. Verse 19, as we go on in the passage, God says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so God is not just a God of the past. God is a God of the present, and he's a God of the future. And so in this verse, God is saying through the prophet Isaiah that he is doing a new thing. He's making a highway in the wilderness. He's going to create rivers of living water in a dry and dusty desert. And what's the result of that? He says, the people whom I form for myself, that they might declare my praise. And so the new things that God wants to do in each of our lives is that so we might praise him. That's why we're on this highway of holiness. God wants us to look to the future for the new things that he has for us. And as we travel on the highway, God doesn't want us to focus our thoughts on the past. Oh, we mustn't forget them. We mustn't forget, for those of us who are saved, how God saved us. That's a wonderful experience we have. We mustn't forget other miracles that God has done for us in the past. But let's not set our hearts and minds on it, a yearning to go back to the past. God wants us to focus on the new things that he has for us in the future. You're never too old. For God to show you new things. The new things he has for you. And if you think that you know everything that God has for you. If you know everything that he has in his word to show you. You're quite wrong. God has much more. God has new things to show each of us. There's always new things to learn from God. And those new things will help you on your journey. Even when the going gets tough. And as we travel on God's highway, we must follow the road to restoration. Isaiah 49, 10 says, They shall not hunger or thirst. These are the people on the highway. Neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them, for he who has pity on them will lead them, and by springs of water will guide them. And so as we travel on this highway, we have needs, and God here promises to take care of us. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to provide water for you as you travel through the deserts of life. Because God really cares for each one of us. 
Verse 13, sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. What did Jesus warn us of? He said, the road that he has for us, is it going to be easy? It's going to be hard. And yet the Lord will comfort you. He'll have compassion on you. He knows what you're going through. He's promised to never leave you. He's promised to never forsake you. He'll take care of you all through the journey. He's going to restore the things that the enemy has taken from you. Because God's highway is a, is a highway of restoration. It's a highway of holiness. And at the end of life's journey, when you reach your destination of life that Jesus has for you, then the, the Savior will reward you. Isaiah 62, verse 10. says, go through, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Clear it of stones. Lift up a signal over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And so as we travel on God's highway, we are to prepare the way for other people to enter and travel on the highway with us. We are to lift up a, a signal or a banner so that others can see and be drawn to God's highway. Even though many are traveling on the wide road, we are to seek to draw them to the only road leading to life. And at the end of the road awaits our salvation. Now notice in this verse, your salvation is a person. Remember, it says your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him. Our salvation is all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who brings his reward for us. In fact, Jesus quotes this verse in Revelation chapter 22 as referring to himself. And so the reward of Jesus for every believer who reaches the final destination is to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. So let's think a little bit more about the overall road. The overall expanse of God's highway which represents our lifetime. And as I was thinking and pondering of that, I, I thought about a marathon race. Not that I'm a marathoner. I have, despite encouragement, I have zero ambition to ever run a marathon. I do run, but about uh, 5K or 3 miles is about my limit. But as we think about a marathon, what is the hardest part of a marathon? Is it the beginning, the middle, or the end? And uh, I don't know, our big marathoner isn't here right now, but I'm pretty sure he would agree with me. Uh, it's going to be the end. I was reading a little bit about marathons to, to uh, not to prepare, but just to understand. Uh, many marathoners, I'm told, consider a marathon as basically two races. The first race is the first 20 miles, and the last race is the last 10K or six miles. And in the last part of the race, after you get done with the first 20, I guess if you train 
hard to believe. I guess that verse 20 isn't that hard. But when you go to the last six, it said that uh, marathon runners feel like they're hitting a wall. They want to quit. Their body says, I can't do this anymore. And yet to complete the race, to win the prize, they've got to keep going to the end. They've got to finish the hardest part of the race, which is the last part. And the same is true, I believe, on the journey of life on God's highway. The journey often gets harder the closer you get to the end. But we mustn't quit. We mustn't give up we won't, or we won't reach our destination. God knows that the journey may get hard at times, and that's why he comforts us. That's why he has compassion on our difficulties. And so whatever you're going through in the race of life today, and we're all on different stages, God is there to help you make it through. He will continue to restore you and strengthen you until you break the tape and win the race at, race at the final, win the prize at the final destination. So today we, we're talking about the two highways we began that Jesus told us about. The narrow road with the hard to find gate and the wide road with the large gate. The narrow road has few people on it. First of all, because it's hard to find. It's hard to find the gate. And secondly, because it's hard to travel on. Who wants to go on a hard road? The wide road is easy to find. It's easy to travel on. Many are on it. So people who easily succumb to peer pressure want to go with the crowd. That's the road they go. And yet the destination of those two roads is vastly different. The wide road leads to eternal destruction, and the narrow road leads to eternal life. And God commands us, Jesus commanded us, to enter by the narrow gate onto God's highway, God's highway of holiness. The wide road is the default road in life. That's where we all begin. Everyone has a sinful heart. Everyone is headed for destruction. And there are only two kinds of people in the world, those on the wide road, those on the narrow road. And so we need to ask ourselves, which road are we on this morning? If you're not sure which road you're on, it probably means you're on the wide road. You see, it's the default road. You have to make a decision, a conscious decision to get on the narrow road. And if you don't know you've done that, then probably you haven't. Because you don't have to make a decision to be on the wide road, that's just where people automatically are. And so you have to go against peer pressure. Most likely there's more people you know who are on the wide road than on the narrow road. You have to dare to be different. You have to make a choice to follow Jesus on the highway of holiness. So I want to give you an opportunity here at the close of the service to make that decision if you haven't already or to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. If you don't believe you've ever made the decision to follow Jesus on the narrow road, then I'd encourage you to pray with me in a few minutes. Perhaps you made a decision in the past, but right now you feel like you've wandered away from Jesus. You're, you're kind of headed off somewhere. You're not following him. And you want to get back on track. I'd encourage you to pray with me as well. And recommit your life. Again. The way that we get on the highway of holiness. Is to admit that we've sinned. 
And in its essence, sin is simply following our own path in life, doing what we want to do. And that's what everybody on the wide road does. They do whatever they want to do rather than what God wants them to do. That's the essence of sin. Secondly, we need to believe that Jesus made a way for us. He died on the cross. He took our sins upon himself. He paid the price that we might be forgiven. Thirdly, we commit ourselves to follow him on the wide road. So let's bow our heads right now. And I encourage you just to pray in your heart, to pray along with me. I'm going to pray a simple prayer, either a prayer of, for the first time, of committing your life to Christ, or perhaps a prayer of recommitment. So let's pray. Father, today, we thank you for showing us these two roads. And I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things in my life. I've been following what I thought was my road. But now I see it's the wide road. And I don't want to end up at that destination. So I ask that you forgive me, Jesus. I, I believe that you've made a way for me to be forgiven through your death and resurrection. I ask for you to forgive me. And I commit myself to following you and your way on the narrow road. The road that you instructed me to follow. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for altering the eternal destination of my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well this morning. Father, we thank you for these thought-provoking words of the prophet Isaiah. It's written thousands of years ago by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we can profit from it this morning in the year 2019. We thank you for the picture of God's highway that, that you have for us to travel on throughout all the days of our life. And we want to follow your way of holiness. We want to follow your path to the future, to the new things that you want to do in our lives. We want to walk on this road to restoration, to being made whole, to being healed. And as we walk on your highway, this narrow road. God, we ask that you would use us to raise a banner through our lives, through our words that would attract people who are on the wide road, that would show them there's an alternative. Give us words to speak that will draw those who are far from you and who are headed for a final destination they don't even understand the horror of it. Thank you that you're going to be with us every step on the way in our journey. Thank you that you're going to use us in increasing ways to reach out to those who are lost and living life without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.